This morning's scripture reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 40. So kindly buckle in and feel free to follow along in your program, Bible, or technology of choice. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to a God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked the future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each one of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the, Israeli, of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God 
than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Daniel, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in the skins of sheeps and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect." This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. I wonder how many people declined to read that passage before he said yes. Right? You did well. Well, I just want to say um, it has been a gift uh, to be here at Hope. Uh, I... Um, the Lord called me away from the church I was pastoring here in Greensboro into this new ministry. And so uh, being here and worshiping the Lord with you all and sharing in life with you all uh, has been a gift. Um, it's been awesome to see Christ in you uh, and to uh, sh begin to share in life with you all here. So uh, my whole family is very thankful uh, to be here. Um, so it's a gift and I'm excited uh, to preach this morning, and uh, it's awesome to see your faces and to worship the Lord as I preach through this with you. Um, I'm going to read from a children's Bible storybook this morning. You might not have been expecting that. Um, I'm going to read three stories in a row, and it might be like, okay, well, what's the big deal about this? You'll see. On page 76 of this Bible, it says, God made Samson very, very strong. He broke the ropes that tied him. He killed a lion with his bare hands. He knocked down a large building. It fell on many of God's enemies. Next page. Job was a good man. He loved God and God loved him. But God let him become very sick. He hurt all over. 
But Job still loved God, and even while he was sick. Next page. Naomi was very sad because her husband and two sons had died. Ruth went with Naomi on a long trip to help her. Then God blessed both of them. God was pleased because Ruth was kind to Naomi. Often when we read children's Bible storybooks, it's like all these little segmented stories right next to each other. And it's hard to kind of say, well, how are these all tied together? Right? And as kids, this is a lot of times how we learn Sunday school stories. It doesn't seem like they're all tied together. It's just kind of one shot here, one shot here, one shot here. And if we're not careful, this, this passage, this chapter of Hebrews 11 can feel a little bit like that because it's like this story with this person, this story with this person, this story with this person. But if we take a closer look at what's happening here and what the Lord is trying to say through this, we're going to see a huge thing tying all this together. And it's going to be fun. Okay? Let me pray. Lord, uh, this is your word. We thank you for it. All the power rests with you, Lord. I'm just a man. Uh, so I pray, Lord, that you would do work in our hearts and minds uh, this morning uh, for your glory. Holy Spirit, uh, please do great work. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, two, two things that are really important to establish about faith before we jump into what's known as the faith chapter of the Bible. First of all, uh, it's good to be reminded that verse that showed up earlier uh, around our prayer of confession, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Remember, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So faith is not a work that we do to earn God's favor. It is a gift from God. We can't even boast in our own faith. And so that should free us up in a lot of ways. We should be encouraged by that. We can't boast and work in our faith. That's a really important aspect of even our faith in Jesus is that it was given to us as a gift and we can't boast in it as if it's a work of ours. So keep that in mind as we read, as we go through this chapter. It was given to us as a gift. Second, the size of our faith will always be linked to our perception of God. That's really important too. We learn that from Scripture. Uh, in Matthew 6.30, Matthew 8.26, Matthew 16.8, the little faith that Jesus says about the people that he's interacting with is directly linked to their view of Jesus and what he's capable of doing or what God is capable of doing. And my wife, uh, Jody, she's been going through this uh, study. This, it's called the Armor of God study by Priscilla Shire. And uh, so she's right now on the Shield of Faith section in that study. And here's a quote from Priscilla. She says, if you are struggling to move forward in obedience to God, you do not need bigger faith. You just need to realize how big your God is. 
the more faithful and strong you believe him to be, the more willing you will be to depend on him. Your level of faith will always be tied to your perception of God. If your perception of him is faulty, your faith will be faulty. If your perception of him is on point, your faith will be too. You don't need more faith. You need a more comprehensive and accurate view of the faithfulness of your God. So the level of faith that we have is tied to our perception of God. And it's really tied to how faithful he is. Because if God, let's be honest, and we see lots of examples of people in this passage who like, we see them being commended for their faith, but at the same time we're like, uh, wait a second, didn't Abraham end up kind of choosing to go his own way at one point here? Like, what's up with that? Like, did he, was he really that faithful? Well, that's part of the point is that God was faithful in the midst of even Abraham's times of unfaithfulness. But it was God's faithfulness that Abraham was able to focus on to increase his faith. So Abraham's view of God was getting better and better. So those two things are really important as we talk about faith. It's a gift from God, it's not a work. And our faith, the level of our faith, is going to increase as our view of God increases. So then this chapter can make a whole lot more sense in light of those things. Isn't it great? I love it how scripture helps inform other parts of scripture, right? That's why it's important that we're getting into lots of places in scripture because it's going to help us to bring, to shed light on the places that we're in. It all works off of one another. God's pretty amazing, right? Uh, inspiring his word in that way. All right, we're going to break chapter 11 down into three things. Uh, But first, before we get to those three things, let's just look at verses one through four. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old receive their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So this is one, this passage right here, especially the first verse, is one of those that people try to memorize a lot. Like this is our definition of faith in a way, right? It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we get a little bit of an answer at the end about what's not seen. So all the way in verse 39, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. So they had faith in the promises of God, but they never even actually received the fulfillment of those promises. So that's like how faith is playing out for us, is that our assurance in those things that we're hoping for in God's promises, and we have a conviction about them. We have a conviction. And when we have a conviction about something, That then plays out in our lives, doesn't it? If you have a conviction, then there will be things in your life that then reflect that conviction, those desires in you. And so the simple statement, for by it the people of old receive their commendation. So their faith, which here we have to be careful, it's not that they were commended by this work of faith that they have because we know that faith is a gift. 
So the very thing that they were commended for was a gift from God to them. For by it the people of old received their commendation. And then look at this interesting statement here. It's like a critical part of having faith in the Lord is that we understand that the universe was made by him. And that the universe was made not by things that were visible, but by God who is invisible. Now, we, we know as Christians, that that's not all we need to be justified before God, right? Like if it was just you have to believe that there was a God who made the universe. There's lots of people who, who believe that. I feel like I'm going to be messing with this a little bit on and off. Sorry. Um, so there's lots of people who believe that. We know also it's faith in Christ that justifies us before the Lord. But it's interesting that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the author of Hebrews makes this point, that there's something about believing in a God who created the universe, and that's important to our faith. Okay. Now, there's so much here in all this. It's an entire chapter. We're not going to get through everything. So uh, I just want to say, if there, as we go through this, if you feel like there's like, oh man, I wish he would have answered this. Oh man, I wish would've, he would have dealt with this. I'd love to talk to you about it. So you can come see me afterwards or email me or whatever. Love to talk to you. I know the elders here would, I'm, I'm throwing you out here, elders, all right? I know the elders here would love to talk to you about these things too, about the questions that come up in the midst of this. Okay, so we're going to break this down, uh, really verses 4 through 31, into three ideas, okay? There's the one that's the faith idea. Because we see the phrase, by faith, like 18 times or something, okay? So we're, we're going to talk about the faith aspect. Then we're also going to talk about the actions that come from that faith. The actions that people do. But then this is, this is the part that I've noticed in preparing for this sermon that I have never noticed as much before. It's kind of like the desires and the convictions that this passage talks about. That actually, it, it's kind of like the faith is given as a gift to these people that then gives them certain desires and convictions that then leads them to act in a certain way. So we want to talk about those desires too. All right. So we see all these examples by faith, Abel, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, uh, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Abraham again, Moses. So thinking about all these people with that phrase by faith, we have to remember the Lord gave this to them as a gift. They would not have had this faith if the Lord, by the power of his spirit, would not have changed their minds and hearts. They would not. So this by faith, all these people listed, the Lord deserves the glory for all this faith that these people have. That's an awesome thing. And the, the examples that are given here are in the positives, right? These are the positive things that came out from their faith. And we don't see the mention of the negative things that people did. And we should be thankful, okay, in this particular passage, right? We, we see the positives. But we should be thankful that in God's word, we see the examples of people failing too, the Lord is not shy in his word about laying out 
the fumbles and foibles of his people, is he? He's not shy about those things. So it's not like we come to this and be like, well, hey, wait a second here, God. Seems like you're kind of brushing over some really important stuff here. No, he deals with that in other places. And we see, we see the effects of those things. But because of faith and because of their understanding of God's faithfulness, that leads them to have certain desires and actions in their life. So what kind of actions do we see? Well, we see that uh, by faith, Abel, he offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. So Abel, he had faith in God's promises that when he offers something with a right heart, that he will receive forgiveness from the Lord. That this will be something that links him to a good relationship with the Lord. He was trusting in God's promises in that way. Cain was not. He was offering something from a different kind of heart that was not a heart of faith. So Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. And then Enoch, he was commended as having pleased God. And then we see this really powerful in verse 6, this really powerful uh, verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For, who would, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So because of Enoch's faith, he was commended as having pleased God. And then this is a really important, this without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we connect these other ideas about faith that we see in Scripture, it's impossible to please God apart from Him giving us the gift of faith. And I love the one line in the one song, oh gosh, what was it, uh, that we were just singing. Um, ah, I was just going to say, it was, a, um, oh, that He provides all that we need to please, or something like that. Go see Michael about that later. Or look it up in your bulletin. It's right there in front of you. So it's impossible to please him. And so there's like, because he provides all that we need to please him. So he provides that gift of faith too. So then this really helps to kind of give clarity to all the good things that are done in the world, but that are done apart from having faith in Christ. And this is a hard thing. I mean, any goodness in the world, any goodness we see, any good attributes we see in people, really, God deserves all the glory for the good that's done in the world. There would be no good being done in the world apart from the Lord. But even the good that is done by people who don't have faith in Christ, that work doesn't actually please the Lord. This is hard. It doesn't. Because ultimately, if you think about it, how can it please the Lord when the first and, the first and foremost way that we come into a relationship with God, which is trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, the very way that God has made a way to be in relationship with Him, if we reject that, how then can the other good things that we may do then please God? 
So we need to have faith in what Christ has done, first and foremost. Then the other things that we do that are good in our relationship with Christ, when we're a Christian, those things can please God because of the gift of faith that he has given us. We have to kind of connect the dots here a little bit on some of these things. So really, who deserves all the glory for even the good works that we do? And remember, Ephesians also tells us that he planned the good works that we would do beforehand. So the Lord's got it all. The Lord's got it all. He deserves all the glory. So we see more and more all these different actions, what, what they were led to do because of their faith. Noah constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. That's an interesting... I have no idea where I'm going to go. I'm going out, though. I mean, we need faith to do things like that, right? Abraham offered up Isaac. This is an uncomfortable one for us, especially as parents. Because of his faith, he offered up, he was ready to offer up his own son. And we'll get to his desire of how he could actually do that. And even Joseph, because of his faith, he made mention of the Exodus. So the Lord gave him a prophetic knowledge to know about the Exodus and said, I want you to take your, my bones with you when you leave. So that's based off of his faith, giving instruction about, here's what you need to do with my bones. Moses' parents, they were not afraid of the king's edict. Moses chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. People crossed the Red Sea. Jericho fell down. The walls of Jericho fell down. And Rahab welcomed the spies. So these were the actions that flowed out of their faith. Now, their desires. I'm just going to kind of take you through some of these different places where desires and convictions are mentioned. Verse 7, Noah had reverent fear. Reverent fear about the Lord. So that was, that's like an internal thing that then leads to external actions, right? An internal state of the heart that leads to constructing an ark. And then this is an interesting phrase here too. Oh, hold on. Let me say this one first. For he was, uh, so then what about um, Abraham? He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So there's a sense in which internally he's looking forward to a different kind of city, to the one that God has in his heavenly kingdom. He's looking forward to the promise of God in that way. So that's an internal thing, looking forward to something that then leads to him doing something. And then here, here's this phrase uh, when it's talking about Sarah. She considered him faithful. We see that word pop up a few times here. The considering of who God is. And so this question, this is kind of like what, what has kind of hit me. How do I consider God? 
how do I consider him? What do I consider about him? Like that's an internal thing that's going, going on inside of us. She considered him faithful. So that would then lead her to having faith in what he was going to do. Did she struggle in the midst of that? Yes, she did. She did. Do all of us here in this room, even though we know certain things about God and we consider them about God, do we struggle in those things? Yes, we do. Look at this next one. Uh, These all died, this is verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. I love that phrase, greeted them from afar. Like that's an internal thing. It's not that like every day they came out and like, hey, how's it going? Waiting for you, waiting for you. It was not a physical greeting. It was like you're greeting something. You're greeting the promises of God on the inside of you. So then it leads to an action. And I love this phrase too. They desire a better country. They desire a better country. I mean, we could say that in the, in, in the now, like we desire the kind of life that the Lord can give us, our faith in him. Not an American dream kind of life, but a peace in Christ kind of life. We desire a better country. And we desire a better country in terms of a heavenly kingdom country. So that desire in us, how much do we try to cultivate that desire in us for those things that are ahead that the Lord promises, that country? How is that desire happening in you? Here it is again in verse 19. He considered that God, here's that consider word again, that God was able even to raise him from the dead. So here's that desire, that, that considering that's going on inside of Abraham that then leads to him being ready to offer up his son. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. So just that faith and trust. The Lord promised that my son Isaac was, is going to be the way that he's going to make a great nation. He promised that he would be. I've already seen him give my wife a child when she was so old and her womb was barren. I've already seen that happen. Why would God do all of that if he wasn't going to keep his promise to do this through my son Isaac, so that even if I sacrifice my son Isaac, he's going to do something like raise him from the dead. So that, does, that, that considering of who God is and what he's done for us, that leads us to doing things. Here's the last one we're going to look at. And I love this connection that the Lord makes for us. So in verse 26, in talking about Moses, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Moses had no idea who Jesus Christ was. 
He knew about a Messiah. He knew about a way that God was going to make his people right more definitively with him than what he had been doing already through the, through the sacrificial systems and all that. He knew that. But he had no idea exactly how it was going to play out. So think about that connection that's here. Is that these people in this passage, they are trusting in the promises of God in a way to where they're not seeing what's up ahead. How it's going to be fulfilled. They didn't even see Jesus. Moses had no idea. But the Lord makes this connection for us in that just by Moses uh, trusting in the promises of God at that time, Moses was actually trusting in Christ. He considered the reproach of Christ. He considered the promises of God to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. This is an amazing connection. So that we can actually say, Moses is our brother in Christ. So when we see Moses in heaven, he's our brother in Christ. It's an amazing connection to connect the faith of people of the Old Testament to us today. I want to end on this. Um, our four little pictures in the back, in the foyer there, creation, fall, redemption, consummation, okay? Is that how you guys say it? Restoration. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. So think about the people in this passage. And as you go out today, take another look at those pictures. A lot of times you can just kind of walk past them and forget about them, right? Take another look at those pictures. The people in this passage, they're all only really about the first two, aren't they? Creation and fall. Because they didn't know anything about Jesus the Lamb who shows up in the third picture. They were trusting in what was going to happen in that third picture. They were trusting in the promises of God to do that, but they had no idea. So they were living in the first two. We have the third one, don't we? And so we can see that because of Jesus, when we know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, we see in that picture that because of Christ's coming and the Lamb has come, that there starts to be aspects of that restoration happening now in us and outside of us. But then we look forward to the fourth picture. That's a piece that we're trusting in. We're setting our hope in that better country. That better country. And it's all able to happen through who Christ is and what he's done for us on the cross. So we're in a very favorable, I love being in that position in those pictures. Right? I love that. But from the gift of faith that the Lord gives us, we put our faith in the Lamb and we look forward to that country that's going to be far better, isn't it? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are good and your steadfast love endures forever and you are faithful to all generations. I pray that uh, we would walk away from here 
being a little bit more like Jesus. Uh, Lord, that we would um, be trusting in your faithfulness, seeing your faithfulness to us uh, far and above the faithfulness that we bring, Lord, which is uh, severely wanting. But Lord, I pray that our obedience and our love for you would increase. Help us to see how great and faithful you are by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.